Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, Screen Rats. How are you going? Uh, that's perfectly apt, isn't it? That's an Australian term, I think. Uh, because, uh, again, we have an Australian guest, uh, just like last week. Uh, I do skew that way comedically sometimes, and I love speaking to Australian comedians and actors. And basically, I, I watch a lot of uh, Aussie reality TV that comes up in this episode and has done in the past. And I just feel connected to it. Um, obviously, it has its problems, like every country does. It has, certainly does. <laughs> anyway, uh, but, you know, I, I went there the first time in 1999 and uh, I mentioned that last week. Anyway, but um, I just remember the first time I got there. I just got off the plane from Hong Kong and there was this sort of warm dawn with this orange sky and this kind of... I got picked up in a van to go to some place in Cairns, like a backpacker's place. And I swear, maybe it wasn't, but the music was all... in the van, you know, it was all doing that thing. And the similar thing at um, Uluru when I went there, there was just getting up in the morning and seeing the moon on the sort of horizon, sort of just like setting. I've never seen the moon set before, but I saw it in Australia. You can see things you don't see here, you know. And um, yeah, and I went back in 2005, six uh, for a theatre tour and got put up in an apartment and sort of felt like I was living in Sydney for a bit and Melbourne and uh, Brisbane and just had a great time. And I can't believe it's been this long. I really can't believe it's been that long since I've been there. Um, and I'd love to go back. I'd love to take my kids there. I want to show them the animals. I want them to show them the vast land. I want them to sort of experience the, the sort of vibe. I just really miss it. I really miss it. I have no idea when I can get there again. I just really, really want to go to Australia. But, you know, it's going to be fucking years, isn't it? It's going to be years. I just know it. Anyway, as I said, today, another great Australian guest. Last week, you had Mark Trevorrow, who plays Bob Down. And this week, you have got the amazing and hilarious Sam Simmons. Now, I love Sam Simmons. He's one of my favourites. I just... I just find him hilarious. He's like he says himself, he's got funny bones. He's got funny bones. And you know, his bread shoes bit, I just I just think it's the pinnacle of comedy. It's just fucking brilliant. It's just it's silly, but it's just something about it, man. I just love it. And I love his uh, his comedic acting generally in things he's been in. And we, we talk about his uh, television work a little bit in here. It starts off serious and uh, I think it gets a bit funny at some point. Yeah, right. I mean, I always sort of, you know, think, are these comedians gonna come on here and be ta-da? Or are they are we just gonna talk about their lives and it might be a bit of an insight? And I think there's a bit of that with Sam and that's great you know you don't want to just uh, come on here and hear jokes right so anyway um, before I get into the interview with Sam this was recorded a little while ago as well before Christmas in the old house which I did want to mention and uh, you know at this point we are quite male skewed in the last few weeks I do apologize for that but also I don't because just the way it goes it's not like you know sometimes we have a run of female guests sometimes we have a run of male guests and uh, we do have some female guests in upcoming episodes but I'm sort of just doing it in the order that they recorded at the moment just because it's not really fair that people have waited for months and months and months for me to get around to actually editing it I think because I was moving I got into this kind of thing of you know let's get loads of them in the bag and then it sort of got delayed because of you know getting the studio up and running and the new year and getting back into the groove you know it's just been pretty hard uh, getting back into the swing of things and sorting it all out and so some of these episodes are three or four months ago uh, next week's one is uh, recorded in November the 30th for instance give you some idea so we're sort of late October is probably when I spoke to Sam anyway enough of that nonsense Let's get another great, great Australian comedian to talk to us here on Television Times. So this is me talking to the brilliant and wonderful Sam Simmons. Beep, beep. Just a tiny word of warning. There is a talk of suicidal ideation and intrusive thoughts. So if you're triggered by those particular subjects, you might want to skip over those parts. OK, here we go. It's Sammy, 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 Sam Simmons. Roll up, roll up. Welcome to Television Times, a weekly podcast with your host, me, Steve Otis Gunn. We'll be discussing television in all its glorious forms. From my childhood, your childhood, the last 10 years, even what's on right now. 
So join me as I talk to people you do know and people you don't about what scared them, what inspired them, and what made them laugh and cry here on Television Times. I passed you in the street once in Edinburgh and I really wanted to say hello, but I thought, fucking hell, I'll just look like a nutter, so I won't. Oh, no, not at all. It's always say hello. I mean, I, I don't know whether I'll ever be back there, but hey. No? Are you done with that? Um, Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, there's no want to, that's for sure. Done it. You've yeah. done it many times, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably 10, I think. Yeah, right, at right. least. Yeah. It's weird because I'm, I'm talking to you now, but I've listened to your podcast today about three episodes. <laughs> I feel like you've oh, been in the room I'm sorry. All day. <laughs> so, yeah, right. No, no, it's been really funny. No, you know what? I'll be honest with you. I listen to a lot of podcasts of people I talk yeah. to. Yeah. And a lot of it is out of like, you know, research and whatever. But. I was genuinely laughing, man. I was laughing so many times. Oh, thanks. It was just so funny. Look, it's it's um <laughs> it's a weird one just being alone doing a podcast because it's uh it's I I I don't think I've heard many podcasts where it's just a person alone. Yeah, <laughs> I mean apart from apart from history ones, but yeah. Well, your your cohort Daniel Muggleton, Aussie comic, he does one on his own. Does he really? I did not know that. Yeah, right. Yeah, he does one wherever he is. He was here. He's been on the pod. He just chats from his hotel or whatever about all kinds of stuff. But I love Oh, him. that's great. It's the little thing. You did that Nick Cave thing, whatever episode that was I was listening to. Yeah. <laughs> the Nick Cave songs. And I was fucking dying because I love Nick Cave. But it was just it was killing me, man. <laughs> yeah, that's that's old stuff from um, my old radio days. Oh, right. I've got like hours and hours of oh, pre-recorded stuff. Yeah, it's crazy, yeah, yeah. the amounts of it. I mean, eventually I'll have to recycle it, but um, yeah, we'll wait and see. So do you do all your own music, like all the little bits of music in the background stuff? Is that you? Or yeah, pretty you, much, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, look, a lot of it's produced from years ago, a guy called Craig Shufton who's amazing. Mm. Um but yeah, it's it's yeah, just got a treasure trove of stuff in there. Although I will put some bedding tracks down and do it myself, which is kind of fun. Yeah, it's nice. I do a similar thing with my pod because I used to be a songwriter. Well, I am a, you're always a songwriter oh, right. if you write songs. And I put one at the end of each episode that no one's ever heard, you know, because oh, amazing got a record. So it's another way of like reusing things of old. Yeah, yeah, totally. This conversation was recorded around six a.m. in Australian time, so uh, that's why I ask him this question. Obviously, you know, my first question to you is why? Why did you get up so early? <laughs> Um, well, I actually, I do Mark Wahlberg. No, well, a little bit. I just work a little bit better first thing in the morning. But I, um, I stupidly said yes to you. But last night I was filming something really late, so I'm actually a little bit, uh, oh, a little bit bleary eyed. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, sorry, just it's not, not, not your. <laughs> I, I thought I'd be completely free, but they changed the shoot day, so oh, right. I had a, I had a okay. late night shoot last night, so I'm a bit anti-wired. Anti-wired. Yeah. But you normally get up early because yeah. you'd like to get some time in before the yeah. child things start happening, cool. I guess. Yeah. Do you do the same thing? Yeah, I do sometimes. I mean, I'm, I've listened to your pod today and you were talking about like um, intrusive thoughts and stuff like that. And it reminded me of um, like when I wake up at like, say I go for a piss or something at 4.30 mm. in the morning or something. If I get That's back it. in bed and if I give my brain two seconds, it will start. That's it. I know. It will start working the whole it's day the out worst. for me. Probably do a shopping list, yep. work out tax. Yeah. And, and and I'm up. And so yeah. I just, I give up and I come in here and I start editing. But at least yours is productive. I, I wake up and it's like, oh, what have you done? Oh, what's going on with your life? Oh. So I, I get the real pangs of self-doubt between 3 and 5 a.m. Yeah. yeah. So, so I sort of get these things where, you know, I'll think, huh, that song was out 25 years ago. In 25 years' time, I'm going to be 70, whatever. Yeah, I've started <laughs> doing that. 
I have. <laughs> I can't, what was the rudest shock I had recently? I can't. I can't remember what it was, but it was just like, oh my god, it's fifty. What do you mean it's 50 years old? But, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think E.T. was 40. Yes, coming up. And that you. freaked me out. Yeah, yeah, Sheesh. that's hardcore. It is, yeah. It's the 90s stuff that gets me. It's the stuff that was the late 90s seems relatively recent times in my mind, even though, of course, it isn't. I totally agree with you because, and you'll see vision from it. Like, I watched this strange documentary the other night on, on someone I knew no, nothing about, Jill Dando. Yes, Jill Dando, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, but I just yeah. remember watching all those that footage from the, the late 90s and just thinking, jeez, why does it look that old? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's always the case. Like when I was a kid, mm. I thought the 80s looked modern and now the 80s look 70s. And, and even t- you see stuff from 2005 and it looks oh, like... Oh, yeah, totally. But that was an awful era. Two, like 2000 to 2010 was foul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing happened. No, not, not just nothing happened. It was just peak... Awfulness. I think. I mean. I guess. I guess that's where yeah, yeah. you know, with with TV, which I know you want to talk about, is like that was the onset of reality and all sorts of just grossness and celebrity and vanity in a really extreme way. Yeah, like nineteen ninety nine when Big Brother came out. I mean, I did watch that. Was that ninety nine or two thousand? Maybe it was like they waited till the millennium. It was. Yeah, it's the beginning of. The yuck, yeah. I guess. <laughs> well, what did you say? Because one of my questions that I have, which is funny, we won't, we don't go through them yet. It's fine. I'm just saying this one just because it's funny. Um, it says like, what do you think the most popular TV show will be in the year 2050? And then I heard your cage to stage thing, and I was like, that's exactly the kind of thing that I think will be. Will be prisoner based in some way, and they'll be made to do something. Hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's it's. Well, I read about Stage to Cage and I thought yeah. that was just as gross. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is a real show that's happened in the UK. It's comedians and uh, theatre actors and, so, I don't know, celebrities getting into the hexagon and MMA fighting, which is just like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, what about the reverse? I'd rather watch that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Or turning, like, you know, convicted murderers into theatre actors. But, um yeah, I, lo- I mean, I love the thoughts of coming up with like reality show ideas, but do you think reality will still be around then? And like, whatever, whatever. I'll tell you the shocking number. What is it? Twenty-seven years? Yeah, it's just what it is. It is. It's what it is. I mean, when you look at, um, I guess, I mean, social media is a new form of reality, and mm. it's just, it's just so disposable. The only reality I will rewatch again and again is Come Dine with Me. I love it. Really, it's, it's the best show on television. I think, yeah, the UK one. Yeah, they tried to make an Australian one, <laughs> but they completely um, couldn't pull off a Dave Lamb. Right, so it just didn't work. See, that's a funny thing. You probably don't, but I specifically only watch occasionally Australian reality because oh. I think it's the best. Because oh, it's, it's not the worst, so it's the best. Yeah, it is the worst. So I will watch like SAS Australia and, and watch all these people. Half of them I don't know, oh. but like when they did The Apprentice, it was so glossy and so weird and shiny. Yeah, right. Celebrity Apprentice Australia. Wow, I said no to that. Did you? Get, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, be on that. yeah, I've said no to a lot of stuff. Like there is a reality. So that's another one of my questions. We we're doing questions before. That's fine. Is there a TV show, Gun to Your Head, reality TV show that you would go on? Did I write something down? Oh yeah, anything on an island. So kind of like the Bear Grylls challenge things. Oh, okay. Or Survivor or something. In a minute, hmm. I would I'd beg to be on that kind of thing. Or the Amazing Race. The amazing I Race. I love those yeah, 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 kind yeah. of like challenge based things. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd love to do that. Love to. They did an Australian version of Amazing Race, but the caliber of um, edited conversation. Yeah, good on him. Um, <laughs> yeah, just look, I just think the calibre of Australian... I can't believe you watch, you watch Australian reality. Our calibre of talent is just... Anyway. 
Social media is really interesting. It's the modern day, you know that thing you put your head in, the stocks? Mm, but they used to throw yeah. fruit at you. Yeah, in the middle evil times, and that's social media yeah, now. Yeah. So, you know, but you can throw the fruit, but you can't see who threw the fruit. Yes, Do you know what I mean? So the true. mob is silent. Mm. The mob is hidden, which I think causes a lot of this shit. Yeah, um, I agree with you. Yeah, anyway. I mean, obviously your clips are on social media and stuff like that. Are you in charge of that or do you just stay off it mainly? I stay off it. Do you interact with people who make comments? Oh, no, I don't. I don't go to the comments at all. I upload and get out. I find it so unhealthy. Mm. And I'd really rather not do it. Yeah. Um, but I kind of, I've been mm. told I kind of have to, <laughs> or not ha- have to. These are the problems. Yeah, but just like, oh, you should do that. It's, all, it's yeah, mainly yeah. because, you know, there's less and less opportunity to be on TV when you look like that. So, no, no, it's, <laughs> it's true. It's true. And I understand it because I understand that yeah, really? the changing of the garden, I, I get all that. So I completely agree with it as well. But you have to be on socials, which is the takeout I don't like. I know. It's, it's awful, isn't it? That's the first thing I will hand over to someone else is to do all yeah, of that gross. stuff. So I don't have to because. It is so time consuming, so boring. You seem like you're just shouting into a void half the time. And look, if you do if you do read comments, not even about yourself, but just in general, then you just get an idea of this is mm. awful. Awful. Yeah. In our house, bread shoes is fucking massive, Sam. I mean, whenever I want to laugh. Oh, is that from Live at the Apollo? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. Oh. I see people trying to do that all the time and they don't get close, you know. Oh, that's fun. It's just so funny. That was a, it was classic. an inspired moment. I actually had a, a, a young comic in Adelaide. Actually, not a young comic. He's a year younger than me because he went to my school and he completely ripped it off from me and he got in so much trouble. Oh, really? Oh, my God. The, the people of Adelaide revolted. He's nicked your bit. Really? And he was like, oh, I've not seen it. I didn't know you were doing it. It's like, you knew. You knew what you were doing. He just put a loaf of bread square lows on. Come on, mate. That's too. And put a Nike swoosh on the side, which I was like, the swoosh is good. I get that. Yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I was pretty protective of it. I've had a few moments like that. I had that in LOL, the Rebel Wilson reality show. Um, did you see that? I haven't, but tell me more. Oh, I did this ridiculous reality show called Last One Laughing. Um, and it was 10 comedians trying not to laugh at it. Or the first one to laugh leaves the room. Right. 10 comedians in a room trying to make each other laugh, but you're not allowed to laugh. <laughs> okay. So it's really fun. It was really, really fun. Yeah, yeah. And um, where was I going with that? Oh, that's right. I had a dick jacket. So <laughs> I, I got this jacket made up that had prosthetic, like, fleshy penises coming off it. <laughs> And some comedian completely ripped it off and took it onto a TV show in um, Norway, a Norwegian comedian, and the local press in Norway were like, they've stolen it from you, and they were trying to do all these interviews with me about plagiarism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The dick jacket. Which is really fun. Oh, yeah, totally. That's hilarious. I mean, you've been in some, like, I loved Squinters, by the way. Squinters wasn't really shown here. So really? I have to admit that I, yeah, right. uh, I acquired it online via unscrupulous means. But um, I watched every, every single yeah, episode yeah. of that and I really enjoyed it because it was All same. Right. It was Trent, wasn't it? Same guy does now activity. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. And, and you know, your character in, in the car, it's just, it just so funny, man. It's just, and the people in that, it was great. Ensemble cast. Yeah, it was really fun to do. It's also just nice to be trusted to improvise is the best. Is it totally improvised, like Curb? Curbs has rules about where you're going, mm. and I think that's kind of what we were doing as well, but heavily improvised, wow. yeah, which makes it way more fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also just you've got to have that compatibility with whoever you're working with. That's why I love, I love acting. I wish I could do more. I, f- I love it way more than solo stuff because it's collaborative and you want to make each other do well yeah so you have that intuitive thing with someone but you can't do competitive acting because then there's no end do you know what i mean so you've got to feel where the ends are especially if you're improvising it's um 
it's really fun if you get it right. Yeah. But competitive acting, which I've had, I've dealt with a few actors in my time where it's like, nah, that was the end back there. What are you doing? Like, come right. on. Like, <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 really fun. Really fun to be trusted. Did you study acting or was it just your timing from comedy? No, I just love doing it. Just absolutely love it. How come comedians can just start acting? That's what I never understand. Oh, they can't. <laughs> oh, look, I'll tell you the ones that can't. <laughs> Please. This sounds really strange. It's Name them. No, no. It's <laughs> the actors that act like stand-ups. Yeah. So a lot of great stand-ups out there are actors and they're acting mm. like stand-ups. Gotcha. That's what I see, and I can always sniff him out. Yeah, I guess Jean Smart does it in, in Hacks. I guess she gives it a go. They never show the whole scene. They all show the end no, of something. No, and like, you can, can you totally... Yeah. I mean, you can just sniff it. I can always sniff out an actor mm. doing stand-up, especially on stage, like right there in front of you. You're like, okay, you're an actor pretending to be a stand-up. Gotcha. This is an act for you. Yeah. And they can really absorb it. Anyway, I, it's... Yeah, they smell. They really smell. You've got funny bones or you, you don't got funny bones. That's all there is to it. <laughs> Does your wife make a lot of money or something? No, no. Uh, <laughs> how, no. how could you afford to do that? So, uh, well, in COVID, I stopped working uh, as a sound engineer completely to become a creative. Over here, they did this funny thing where they would like, if you want to swap career, you can swap career, even with this crazy government we have. Amazing. So she took advantage of that, and now she's a fully qualified joiner. And I'm now a writer, comedian, allegedly, and podcaster. So, you know, we've completely swapped. Oh, so. that's wild. That's so nice. Yeah. I've done that in reverse, but now the, the less work I get, it's turning the other way. So what is that? That's a joke. You're talking about getting a job in your pocket. That's a joke, right? No, I'm looking for work. You are? Yeah. Really? Yeah, completely. It's, I, I think I think my dream's coming. You're making coming. a movie. I am. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's, you know, it's a bitsy role mm. and it's fine. It's just not reliable, I've mm. realised. And, yeah, I just think I've had my time in the sun and it's probably, I think, winding down now. I mean, mm-hmm. the phone definitely calls less and less and it's just the way it is. I think it's um, it's not sustainable for me, right. I don't think, anymore. And I'll still do live performances, but I'm off to the Adelaide Fringe next year and I'll be selling sausages on the side. So I'm doing Sam Sausage Sizzle. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> Just to make some extra bucks because this industry's in chaos. Not in the UK. That's the thing. Like UK TV pay is fantastic, and you guys are looked after. But here, it's it's pretty dreadful. Really. So, and and also, just I think the look Australian people are different. It's um, I've got a loyal fan base that will come to shows, Mm -hmm. but you know. I'm getting older, they're getting older, they're going to go out less and I'm not able to grow my fan base that much because I just do a lack of TV over here. I used to do so much in the UK. I wish we could get yeah, back yeah. there and do more, but it's so cost prohibitive. So, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm on my bones, like, oh. financially. So it's just it's oh, too hard. That's crazy. No, it's, li- it's life. Look, look the, the, you're either you got it and people think, hey, that guy's talented or you're not. And I think that I've had people go, hey, that's the guy. And then it's just gone, eh, after COVID, it all just kind of fell away. And it's just like, oh, okay, well, you just get pushed to the back of the fridge. And I'd rather definitely, yeah, get out of that position and retrain yeah. and do something different than fumble forward. Yeah, well, you were, you were studying, weren't you, psychology, but you said you stopped doing that now. Oh, it was too depressing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I realised I could help people in different ways, but not that way. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just been a bit, um, 
it's just a reality check, but I just have to be really positive about it and go, great, great things will happen. I'll always have this world mm-hmm. and I can go into it when I can um, or if I could afford to go back into it. Yeah, I mean, you can get off a plane in England and the door will open immediately, I'm sure, you know. Yeah, you'd hope so. But, I mean, it's fickle, yeah, so, yeah. you know. Sports people talk like that, don't they? They literally say... I know I've only got 15 years, so I better make the most of it, save all my money, and then I can go into the other thing. They sort of know it's got a sort of finite length of time that they can, you know, shine, as it were. And I thought that's a bit sad, really, isn't it? To sort of be thinking about your demise at the height of your career and success. But I also, like, I mean, I don't want to be tapped on the shoulder when it's too late. You know, I've got to provide and I, I just, yeah, I've just gone, I've realised, all right, I've got to change some stuff around. So, and it's... Sometimes it's very disappointing, and if I let it get to me, I'll be like, oh, but that's life, you know. Like you watch parents that have shit jobs and just do it, and you think, well, that's what it is. So, yeah, yeah, it's just a reality. Also, like I'm not – the one thing I won't miss is the narcissism. (laughs) (laughs) I I I just find it so gross. And comedy is an interesting one. Jimmy Carr had such a good quote about it the other day, and I really want to email him about what he said. Um, let me find it. It's in my phone. I really, really liked it because um, I can sometimes get quite dark on stand-up because yeah. I find it the narcissism quite hard to deal with when it, that is competitive. You're yeah. all on stage, so it's a mixed bill. People willingly want you to, well, not really, but in my heart I'm thinking people willingly want me to fail so they can be better and look better. Mm. And it feels quite gladiatorial and that's really? how I see stand-up in a way oh, that wow. people are trying to be combative right. and very clicky and green rooms and yeah, yeah, adversarial, like, yeah, yeah, and mm. cliques and groups. Yes. It's just very. I find it. I've always been a loner. And my, my manager said it the other day. Like you're, you're such a lone wolf. Like, and said I've never like joined a gang and always yeah, thought it'd be yeah. weird. Never wanted to watch stand up either because I was so scared of being influenced by people stand up. So Oh man, I know I know exactly what you're t- I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm always the guy who is at the party and everyone's having fun and I'm kind of thinking, oh and if you drop out of the conversation too early, you can't get back in. Oh it's, it's all so it's awkward. the worst. I, I look I, I can play the game. That's yeah. fine. I, I've had extraordinarily uh, some awful times. Mainly it's in Australia. The UK were Really good. It took a while for them to click into it. Mm. Uh, that's, there's something about Jimmy Carr was saying, we're all in this together, but we're out for our own. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> it was a really great quote, but I, I can't find it. Oh, okay. I'll just be scrolling through notes for days. Yeah, I know. I, I did actually want to get in contact with him because I was like, that's fantastic. Like, a really great way. I'm going to find it. I think <laughs> I'm finding it. Go on then. <laughs> I just, I liked it and it made me soften my thoughts on stand-up I'm very I think I've been broken by stand-up comedy I am looking for it come on where are you where are you you bastard oh here it is it's it's in here somewhere um I can't I still can't believe you watch out for ourselves but in it together there it is oh nice and I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we are, we're all out for us because it's, you know, a lot of jealousy and that's, you know. I'll, I'll just sorry. imagine if you're on a mixed bill and you go on, it's like, who would I mm. say? I mean, the only other person I can think of right now is David O'Doherty. Like if you or David O'Doherty go on, you know that you're not just going to get the normal stand-up. 
you're going to get something else. It's going to be completely different. You're going to laugh your ass off. You might not understand all of it or why you're laughing. That's something that I find with some of your things. I don't immediately know why it's funny, but it just is. Do you know what I mean? Like you say, you've <clears> either got the funny bones yeah. or you haven't. But like, it's that thing. Like I go to the stand here and I'll see like 10 comics, one after the other. And a few of them will really shine. And some of them are kind of okay. And it's all, but everyone's just standing up there talking. It's very on trend though. Like single, single mic is, that's yeah. the most popular stuff. It's huge. Yeah. And when you, even when you look at socials, it's, you know, a bit of witty banter um, or a heckle from the audience. That's the stuff that people want to see. So yes, that's true. stand-ups in a real, yeah, it's, it's, that's right on trend at the moment is, I'm not just saying man, man with a microphone. It's just, yeah, it's human with a microphone. People love it. Yeah. But the weird quirky stuff, not not so much. You don't see that as like crazy clips on TikTok, Maybe. like especially arty comedians like Sam Campbell and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess not. You don't see that explode. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I understand, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the Joe Rogan effect, I think. Ooh, um, please don't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, you know... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I you know I have to listen to him sometimes yeah. because his, his guests are fantastic. But episodes are um, so long though, so long. Mate. I know, but I love it when he goes into deep conspiracies about ancient you know <laughs> yeah. societies. Not not so much Joe, who mm. you know I can take or leave. But if his guests are really interesting, mm. I'll listen. And there's a lot of political in comedy these days as well. It's just like, oh, God, don't fix the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't fix the world. I'm not listening to a clown for life advice. <laughs> We should probably go into telly, but I do want to ask you something. Mm-hmm. So I did sort of touch on it earlier, intrusive thoughts, because I know you you talk mm-hmm. about it now and again. And you said something in one of yours, which was like, you say no to it. And I've done that. <laughs> I mean, I've literally done that. Oh, you have to. I think it's a great way to respond and it will look mm-hmm. pretty silly. I've yelled it in the street as well. Like, no, stop it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The, look, it's, I, have, I the have them a lot. Yeah. A lot. And yeah. Mm. Um, my new one is to spiral up <laughs> instead of going down to the worst possible scenario. Oh, like nice. this thing's happened. Yeah. And I'll go to the worst place immediately. And I was, instead I'm yeah. like, all right, okay, let's go up. I'll just challenge that right now and just think positively about this. And how do I fix this feeling right now? And, and I've done a lot of therapy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, that, that one helps me at the moment. I think yeah. the, the one that I can't ever shift is if I've got a knife out, I'll always dry it up and put it away mm. just in case there's a yeah, right. 0.1% chance that I'll just go and stab everyone. <laughs> Even though I would never oh do Oh, my it. God. Do you know what I mean? I just... Yeah, that's bizarre. I know, I don't exactly what you mean. Mine's heights. Heights. Mine's heights. It's just... Oh, like you might jump off. Well, yeah, that's... I didn't realise that's what my fear of heights was. It was my fear that uh-huh. I would just jump off. Gotcha. Um, that was explained to me. I was like, oh, right. And that's... Yeah, that what it is? Right. I mean, it is dark. Whoa. It is for me. Yeah, it's deep, heavy suicidal ideation, which um, far out, it gets less and less, but I reckon there was a period there, was, it was daily for 20 years where I'd be like, oh, I can always do that. Yeah, I'll just do that. And it's just like, fuck, what a mental place to be. Yeah, but I think it's yeah. way more common than you think because oh, yeah, totally. any row I've ever been in with any girlfriend or wife, I've, I've always asked, That's it. how many times have I thought, I'll just go to that top building, jump off, that'll show her, you know? <laughs> Oh, my God. Mine got to the point where I was counting down days with my daughter where I was like, oh, she's getting too old to do it now, (laughs) which is really fucked. Like, will she remember me? And it's like, oh, "Oh, no, I'm definitely definitely in the no no throw zone. So (laughs) I think think about that with any kind of 
raising of my voice or getting pissed off in front of them or, or, or mm. shouting at them, which everyone does to every kid, I'm afraid. It's just a fact. Um, yeah. And I think, oh, yeah. he's recording now. He's in recording mode. This is this is going in. He's going to call me on this. Oh, isn't that awful? <laughs> awful. Or if they do bring up a moment from the past, you're like, yeah. what? Yes. Yeah, it's extraordinary. But I, I'm sure those go away later. Yeah, I think so because... My my son, when he was four, could remember places we stayed in Budapest and Airbnb when he was two. Things from when he was two and one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, extraordinary. But then, but then but I don't know go. if he can remember it now. That's the question. No, quiz them again. Yeah, they yeah. don't remember. Yeah, good. Do you remember that time I... <laughs> He tells me this No, time. it's, it's, <laughs> it's I've, awful, asked, yeah. I've asked Luna because she said really specific things. You're like, what? Yeah, yeah. And then I've, re, yeah, I've, re, um, I've retested her. Yeah. <laughs> So, Sam, th- this is a podcast about television and generally, if we can, stay away from film, unless you saw it on a VHS on your telly. Okay. If you say yep. film, I'll do this. Yep. Um, oh, my kids are asleep. I just realised my twins. Not oh, anymore. don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> do it with it's your mouth. Fun. They're free <laughs> 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 I yeah, can perfect, do it. I can perfect. Do, I've worked out. I can do one klaxon a day, but right. I can't do a second one. I can, You know, like when you clap and you can only clap for a couple of minutes. Doesn't yeah. sound like I can do one. <laughs> No, that's a crap that's one, it. but anyway. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes I can do it, but not often. Beep, beep. What is a TV show you would erase from history? No one would remember it. It would be pressed. You press the button like Men in Black and it would be gone forever from the human consciousness. MASH! That's right, MASH. Oh, MASH. mash. People love MASH. Oh, I hated MASH. It was just the thing that was always on yeah. when I was a kid that I, I was like, oh, MASH. And I know it's meant to be funny and it's the precursor to, you know, The Office and all these beautiful, like great mm. sitcoms about, you know, things that are real and love and, oh, hated it, hated it. And, I you know, <laughs> I think Alan Alder's fantastic, but just it's just memories of just like, oh, there's nothing on TV. MASH, hated yeah. it, couldn't stand it. Yeah, no laughter track. That was its, that was its USP, right? The, yeah. They weren't telling you when to laugh, and as a kid, you needed no, to know no, that. No, no, ha- it did have a laughter track. Did it? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, MASH had a laughter track, definitely. Oh, oh I'm making that up. Positive. Check. I'm positive they did. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, there seems to be some confusion over this. Now, the showrunners apparently did not want to laughter track in MASH, but they were overruled by CBS. But over these series, they actually managed to get it quieter and quieter until the end season, when there was no laughter track, barely at all. From what I believe, MASH was the first dramedy kind of thing, which is a thing I can't stand anyway. Hey, it's not that funny. It's a dramedy. Pitch it. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Not quite funny enough. Yeah, it's a dramedy. Okay. Yeah, well, some things are mostly drama with some, like I'm watching something at the moment that's actually really good. It's called Boat Stories on BBC. Thing. Okay. But they called it a dramedy, and it's not a dramedy. It's a drama. Boat Stories. Some humor. Oh, look it's, at that. Hey, by the way, just quickly, we, we are talking about television, but what do you reckon? You've got to admit, the state of Australian television in terms of Australian humour um, on screen mm-hmm. as a great sitcom, it's never happened. Never happened. Without a doubt, I'm not being negative. Nothing, nothing has been great. There was a show on the ABC called, which I'm sure you would, you didn't get, called the Catering Show. No, um, and it, it was called Get Kraken, and that was pretty absurd, but it was great. But we've never had one. We've never had a breakthrough. We've also, I mean, I guess Kath and Kim broke through a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would probably be the most successful. But yeah, we've just, we're just not very good at it. I just. I don't think we make great tally, hmm. to be honest with you. I really don't. I, I, even dramatically. I don't know, man. I mean, is there a TV series from Australia that you can go, wow, what a great series that was? One that could be 
comparable or mm. break out in a way overseas. I liked um, Colin from Accounts, but that's your Trent guy again. Yeah. Um, but I, I think Bump did very well over here. But did it, it really? sort of went a bit, yeah, yeah. But yeah. So, it got a bit soapy by the end. Wait, that's what like, I mean. This is the, I, I guess what I'm saying, and not to be um, disparaging of, you know, anything mm. like Bump or Colin from Accounts, it's just what I mean, funny, funny, consistently funny, no feelings <laughs> No, like just a good, like a. I mean, I'm not saying like a Seinfeld, but you know. Yeah. Well, I think Utopia is fucking brilliant, but it didn't. It's not done anything over here. Right. Okay. But that is my favourite Australian show. Yeah. But right. It's very similar to lots of other shows I love, um, but I think everyone in that is fantastic. Yeah. It's very. It's it's complete rip off of um, in the thick of it, isn't it? Well, lots of things. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, is, yeah. it is, but it's still funny in its own right. Yeah. Of course. I, yeah. I do there's some great movie. actors in there, and I, look, I think yeah, that, yeah. that what lets it fall down over here in Australia is a lack of. Well, it's a small pool of writing. Mm. We have just a, a circle of writers that just walk around to different shows. It's pretty much the same writers on so many shows. Oh, really? That, like Denmark? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, same actors, same writers. And just not yeah. enough writers writing on something to make it good. That's where I think it completely falls down. Mm. It's definitely not like an American thing where you've got like uh, Arrested Development and you've got a writer assigned to each character and then general writers the episode, and then mm. your writer will go in and battle for your character. It's like far out. It could be so, because Australians are great. We're really funny. We could make something fantastic, but just the way that the funding happens and the way the writing happens, and most things, if I film over here, I'll go there, and they're still writing the series as it's happening, and I get that, but that's when it's been locked in. Yeah. Finish the writing, then we'll film it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Instead of this, oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my wife's a production designer and she's in the middle of something at the moment. And she's like, oh, yeah, the end of it's not being re- written yet. Yeah. The last three episodes. Like, aren't you three episodes in? That is insane. That's why things that's aren't mad. great enough. Yeah. And they could be here. It's just. I guess that's how they used to do it in America, isn't it? Years ago when they had the long season from September to. But that, that's a huge amount of people writing. Anyway, I think it really falls over yeah. here and I think it shows. Fisk is very good. I um, love Fisk. Yeah. I've seen both seasons. Um, actually, that is. That could be probably our best one i think maybe yeah i was about to say fisk yes yeah that's yeah, a good yeah. time and it's done well on netflix i think yeah yeah it's totally. it's brilliant. Well, she's in utopia as well yeah she's very good yeah i really like fisk yeah so there's a, there seems i mean in my mind there's a lot coming out of australia and i always mm, look out okay. for it. i mean well no, nothing with me in it <laughs> <laughs> well you're in our house often enough because it's oh, funny peppa pig and bluey are always on the phone oh time, yes so. uh, peppa pig was the best <laughs> um <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, mash, mash, gone. Get rid of it. Hated it. Is there a TV show that you would bring back from the dead, like reboot, and it, and something that maybe people haven't thought of? Oh yes, in, uh, I've written them down here. In search of, which was a um, a series hosted by Leonard Nimoy about the um, supernatural. Okay. So it was kind of like a real-life documentary-style X-Files. Oh, really? <laughs> and I loved it. It was a, it was just a show when I was a kid, and it, I just remember watching it as a kid being so into it. Mm. Like, oh, my God, the, the pyramids, what do they mean? They really mean this? Great yeah. conspiracies about monoliths and UFOs, yeah. but taken in a very serious way, hosted by Leonard Nimoy. It was uh, it was great, just great telly and a great kid's yeah, telly. Yeah. Um, I love that. I loved it. Did Shatner have a show as well? Did Shatner do something like that? Yeah, he did something. It was, um, I think, a little yeah. bit similar to In Search of. It was some, something like Unsolved something Mysteries like or... Yeah, was, yeah, was, was, yeah, was it that? 
And there was another one, the, the, the fat one from Voyager or whatever it was, or SS Enterprise. You know, the fat commander with the beard? Fat commander with the beard. He had a show that was kind oh, of called Girdle What Man, If Girdle or Man. something. <laughs> the guy, I know yes, exactly what yes, you mean. That Jonathan, yeah. it's going to come. Yes, Jonathan someone, yeah. Someone, yeah. yeah. Jonathan Frakes. So he had a show that was similar right, as well. They all got one. But I think, um, yeah, In Search Of. <laughs> in Search Of was great. I love all that stuff. Do you think, I mean, you're from a similar age to me, so it's like, I think... Over here, anyway, there were all these magazines you used to subscribe to as a kid, and it would be stuff like that. It was all about UFOs or mysteries or oh, ghosts. Oh, yeah, totally. And you'd get one through the post, and then you'd... Yeah, more of that, less less lol dolls and, you know, oh, my God. You're a very funny man. What's the funniest thing you ever saw on TV? Gee, that was one of the only things I almost couldn't answer. I guess it might have been something on The Goodies. The Goodies. The Goodies was on in Australia. I don't know whether you've had a guest on that has told you this. Mm-hmm. Um, on ABC TV... Every single, well, not every single, Monday to Fridays. Really? For the whole year, <laughs> Monday to Friday at 5.30, the goodies was on repeat. And I'm not joking. For maybe four years. Yeah. Wow. But for four years, the goodies was on every single night. And I would have seen every episode yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. 25 times as a kid. Um, and it would have been something in that, maybe something problematic if you look back at it. And I can't pick a singular moment, but early in my career, I used to, if someone had asked me what I was like, I'd be like, well, I am... All three goodies in one. I can see how they affected you for sure. <laughs> they definitely were. Yeah, oh, I love them. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely huge influence. I mean, that was yeah. another answer in there of uh, what is uh, TV performances that influence your career was goodies. Yeah, I think in the UK you guys voted, and it was Del Boy no, no, falling no, no, through no, the no. bar. Well, I mean, it's it's. I mean, <laughs> no, but it's not funny. I mean, it's it's, it's fine right. for what it is, but it's not the funniest. But it's just, thing. I can't believe that's the moment. No, I think the no. funniest moment that I've actually, you know, what the funniest moment I've ever seen on TV, definitely. If I really think about it, something that I will rewatch. There's two moments. It's the the guy that came into the BBC for an interview. Oh yes, um, I think as a janitor, but he was then quizzed about technology. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Is the look on his face is beautiful. And the other one is uh, <laughs> fuck. I love this. It's really. It was the David Bowie's first wife. Angie. Um, and she was in the Celebrity Big Brother house. Oh my god, really? And. One of the contestants, fuck, it's so funny. One of the contestants was in there and there was David Furness was also in the house. Oh, okay. And David Bowie's first wife had got the news from the outside. One of the producers said, look, I just need you to know that your husband, your ex-husband David Bowie's died. And then, so she was carrying this news in the house. Mm. I can't believe you've not seen this. Oh I like David Bowie as well, but I, I was—I think I was in Spain at the time, and I definitely don't watch Big Brother. Oh, it's one of the—it's it's viral as it's one of the funniest things. I wasn't—I didn't watch Big Brother. It was—you know—it's a viral that. clip. Not been exposed to it. Fuck, just wait for it. But in in, <laughs> so David Finesse is in the house as well. So there's two Davids in this story. Yeah, yeah. And I, I can't remember the name of the lady who is his ex-wife. Angie, Angie Bowie. Yeah, Angie. Angie. Let's say, yep, Angie. Angie then went up to another person in the house and she was kind of crying. And she said, what's wrong? And she said, David's dead. (laughs) And the other lady went, oh, David's dead? I just saw him. But it went for way too long where she was convinced that David (laughs) Finesse had died in the other room. It's so funny. I'm going to have to check that out. And she's like, no, not not that David. And it goes, (laughs) but it goes for way too long until Angie realises that... (laughs) Because she thinks the other woman's being hysterical, mourning her David. Oh, it's right. really, it's oh, obscure. Really? It's, it's so funny. Oh, man, it's man. well worth immediately after this. I will do that. Looking at it. 
and I promise you, you will email me back and go, I agree. It's one of the funniest things you'll ever see. Um, so there, yeah, there you go. I will definitely look out it's for that. I can't remember brilliant. the last time I saw anything from Big Brother. David's dead. <laughs> I just wrote Dave Lamb, um, <laughs> <laughs> just because I love him so much. I, Is he your answer for which TV character you would embody for 24 hours? <laughs> no, uh, Anthony Bourdain, oh. even though he's not a character. Anthony Bourdain, I don't know, just uh, the, the life of um, Anthony Bourdain. What a life. Oh, my really? God. Really, all of it? Oh. I mean, he had a really rough bit there. What an idiot. What an absolute, you know what, I watched the documentary hmm. And it made me more hopeful about not being a suicidal person because I thought, what a fucking idiot you are. Very sad that he died, but he it was the reaction of a teenage boy being rejected in love. I've never, like, especially the Instagram posts, like, <laughs> it was just like, oh my God, what are you doing? What a, what madness lays in there. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it because I've watched everything he's done over and over again. I love him. I love his writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. He's, and he's not really a character. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like give me your life. I'll do what you're doing. Oh, amazing. Amazing. I mean, who are you? Michael Hutchins. Do you know I, I just mean? can't work out. But that was accidental masturbation. That's that's, no, that's different. different yeah. <laughs> His was just like, oh, she doesn't love me. Ah, ah. It's like, what are you doing? You're, you're 59. You're 59. <laughs> Is that your end? You got there? Racing car. Oh, it's, yeah, it's just out, outside the window there. No, I heard that on your pod. I like that. Obviously, this is a reasonably soundproofed room, but like a lot of people really, you go online and they're in these beautiful studios, but I actually really like it when I hear a little bit of background noise and it all sounds a bit more real. Do you know what I mean? It's well, quite fun. I live on the, on the side of a very, I'm not even a very busy road. It's not really. It's just that mm. the next, the suburbs down that way are really bogan guys that have hotted up cars. Oh, right. So it's just this road there. Just like, <laughs> right. it's always, it's a, it's always a like in a highlight. It's like, oh my God, it's, Australia's loud. The cars are loud. It's gross. Come back to do panto sound. They'll have you. You fucking love that. No, but I texted my manager last, just yesterday. I proved it. I texted him, <laughs> you should put on a panto next year. Not joking. And I think he should because Australians don't do panto. And if he did a panto here with, you know, washed up celebs, it'll mm. fucking go nuts. You really? Maybe I'll do it. <laughs> do it without him. It's just maybe it's too sunny and too warm and too nice to be going to a panto. It's sort of... It's oh, actually, that's, of... that's a point. That's why you guys make better television, by the way, as well. It's my complete theory is the fact that you guys are locked in and you really? care about your... Te- oh, absolutely. Without it, the best tally comes out of the UK. I, I love the trashiest of UK TV. I love... Um, I, I love the heartwarming ones, especially like first dates and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. But I love them. They're great. But um, what was the one? Dinner Date. Oh, my God. It's one of the worst reality shows ever, dinner but date. I loved it. Where What's Dinner Date? Oh, <laughs> Tell me about it. Three, like three people just, look. no, two couples. Yeah. No, one single and three suitors or two suitors right. just go out for a date and you either get a rose at the end of the date um, the next morning at the front of your house or like a frozen meal. <laughs> And the person with the rose gets to go out for dinner day. It's just, and it was just, so, yeah, it's just so poorly made. There's just something about it, and the voiceover work in the UK, it's just all better. Just the smarm of a Dave Lamb on top of "Come Dine with Me" is the thing that right. elevates it to perfection. Yeah, it's just I love UK telly. What's the other show? A place, a here, a place in the sun, home oh, and really? away, or whatever it is. Yeah, like yeah, about yeah. yeah, people just are uprooting and going to a different place in Madeira. Yeah. And it's like, oh fuck, this is great. So much better than Australian stuff. 
I love British trash. I love really? it. It's great. Yeah, they, yeah, they I do. Come really, off, genuinely. Also, just the panel shows. The panel shows are extraordinary. Mm. Compared to over here, our panel shows, oh, they're fucking lame. Did you know that the Australians made an Australian version of um, 8 Out of 10 Cats Does Countdown? No way. It's called Celebrity Letters and Numbers. And it is the, oh, totally. It is the palest, most anemic version of that show. Um, I I refuse to go on it. out of absolute disdain for what I knew it was happening. Oh, awful, awful, awful. Wow. It's, oh, anyway, vanilla. It's hard to sort of watch some stuff. Like I can't watch uh, Taskmaster Australian or New Zealand because it's just, it's not great. So it's, it's hard for oh, it's, it's, not, it's not the same. No, it's just not. It's just not. We have, there's a, look, there's a safety thing I think here. Mm. Oh, I better not say that I won't be on TV again. I think that's the problem. I don't get a lot of tally work um, because I'm seen as way too kooky. And it's like, hang on a minute, what, funny? (laughs) And I know that. I know that for a fact because when I have done, I think it's only one real panel show I've done here, which is called Hughesy's Got a Problem, and I killed it, killed it every time. And it was very, very good at it. But then, um, yeah, just it's, anyway, as I've said before, it's drying up. It's drying up. (laughs) Your career's over, buddy. TV show that everyone else seems to like. Oh, I just wrote the news. <laughs> the news. <laughs> no one likes the news. I, 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 the new, Well, I mean, well, let's see what's on the news. How well, many- everyone watches it, and I just think, just for opinions, yeah. do you know what I mean? Just like, oh, what, what, what shit are they shoveling yeah, 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 into yeah. me today? Anyway, I just. Uh, but apart from that, I've got do have something here. I think that's a good one. A TV show that scared the shit out of you, um, and it was British, and I don't know whether you'll remember, it's called Chocky. Chocky. It's come up once before. It's a kid's show. Yes. And it was terrifying, absolutely terrifying. It was about this weird alien pyramid face thing that would just appear and talk to this child. Oh, even the name Chocky. Um, Anyway, I'm going to go through them all really quickly for you because I love it. Um, First TV crush. Justine Bateman from Family Ties. Remember her? Jason's sister. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. She was so beautiful. Uh, I remember I cried myself to sleep one night when I was a little boy because I realised she wouldn't marry me. And I'd probably never even get to meet her. So oh, yeah. and that's, that stuck with me. I've not met her, no. I tried to write her into a series that I wrote. I got a, a green light for a series with FX a few years ago yeah. and I wrote her into it. That's a proper Shatner move, that is. Totally. Um, <clears throat> show you can't believe was on TV, The Keyhole, The Hole in the Wall Show. Do you remember that? The Keyhole? Not the not through the keyhole. A shelf would come toward people and they had to bend themselves into shapes to go through. Oh, yeah. What was that called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. The, I saw that one. I think it was called A Hole in the Wall. Yeah, and they'd have to contort themselves into the shape of the wall and not fall in like gladiators or something. Oh, and then they had they had they had one last year here, and I think it's known locally as the it's the one of the worst flops that it's ever been on television. It was called Blow Up. Blow Up. And is it glass blowing? It's about balloon artists. And it was no (laughs) balloon artists. Balloon artists. And it was huge money. We're talking MasterChef money or oh, Lego really? Masters money, even more. Like and they pumped chef. so much money into this show and I and I watched it and it was it was so dreadful. And I just really? kept, you just see that stuff and you see it getting commissioned and you just think, <laughs> fuck, someone's got to be sacked for that or what the fuck were you thinking? Uh, wasted the money. Wasted the money. Woo! Good on you, Channel 7. Good on you. Awful, awful, awful. <laughs> 
I'm getting my proof of Aboriginality um, very, very soon, which will be interesting. So then I can probably go for some more roles. And it is, it's because of diversification that I really, I support it massively. The TV show I made years ago called Problems, Mm -hmm. I pushed so hard to have diversity all the way through it. So I was before I was before diversity was forced, but it's still really fucked in Australia. You had Ronnie Chang in that, right? Yeah, yeah. and um, Uncle Jack Charles and, yeah, yeah. yeah, lots of people. And anybody who wasn't in the core cast, we made sure that um, bit parts were always representative. It's just it, in Australia it's still not representative on TV at all. It's mad when I watch your reality it's shows. fucking and just, dreadful. Everyone looks like they're from fucking Newcastle. I'm like, where is the other people? It's extraordinary. It is extraordinary and it's, well, it's yeah. kind of insane. Australia is, look, the, the the thing that makes Australia really interesting is the same thing that makes the UK interesting is diversity, and especially mm. London, which is where I spent most of my time. Caribbean culture there is what makes London fucking great. Mm. And in Australia, I feel it's definitely Vietnamese culture is what's changed so much of Australia in a, in a really brilliant way. It's, it's wild. It's such a great thing. Dare I say, some of the best Asian food I've ever had is in Australia. So. Oh, the best Asian food's almost in Australia because of the quality of produce. It's just, yeah, yes. it's, we're spoiled. It's incredible. For sure. It really is. But anyway, so it's just interesting. Yeah, Western Sydney's extraordinary as well. So you'll go to like um, whole areas. It's, it's, it's like London. It's, it's mm. fascinating. But yeah, I think that the more of that that happens in Australia, the better it will be, I think, for um, representation on tally because at the moment it's still just no good. It's incredibly shameful what happened. Just a only, only little bit of political stuff I'll say. No, no, it's fine. You go for it. Um, about the voice to Parliament, which I don't know whether you're aware of what happened um, yes. about a month ago. Yeah, God, yeah, yeah. It's that's that is a dreadful moment. That's yeah. our Brexit. Yeah, so that. it's a, a horrific moment in Australian history, and it was brought on. And I think it's it's not look half the problem is. That, is racism in Australia. Mm. The other half is there's the cost of living crisis is so real over here at the moment that I just think that voters just didn't have that generosity in them, even for that. They're just feeling so under the pump financially. Yeah. It's just like, and if that's on there as well, it's like, well, why do they get that? And that's where it came from. Yeah. And it's just a terrible time to have put it to vote because it won't happen again for maybe another 30 years. The referendums Disgusting. are such a terrible idea generally. Uh, it just doesn't work. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it, and that's the thing. It just should have been, it shouldn't have to be voted on. It should just should be. Yeah, of course. Um, anyway, but yeah, look, representation over here is, yeah, I'm all, and that's the thing, I'm all for it, mm. but I am a victim of it at the same time. And that's, yeah, it's fair. And victim's the wrong word. Because I've had so many legs up in my life. <laughs> oh, you, hey, you white man, you've had every leg up. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, it's been so good. The whole ride. <laughs> That's an absurdist from a single parent and poverty coming from Adelaide. Anyway, god damn it. Anyway. He got two blown up dolls and he fucked them on a chair really violently and then just threw up a big confetti cannon and walked off stage. And we were like, what the fuck was that? Exactly. And this this is the reason. This is the reason why. Fuck. And this makes me really angry about this is why live comedy, it gets to me. It's just like, well... If you think what I do is easy, you go try do it. You know what I mean? And that's where... Oh, and then people will go, it's easy. Just say monkey, cheese and teeth. Okay, well, you go do that yeah, yeah, yeah. and just see how well it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I finally honed my, my risky ideas in some of the worst fuckholes around Australia performing to, like, blokes like this. Yeah, fucking what? <laughs> so if I can make my, my jokes... Yeah. 
work for, you know, blue collar yeah. in Australia, yeah. I know I can make it work overseas. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So FIFO mining yeah, it's, it's, it's not as easy as they think. <laughs> no, yeah, totally. All right, Sam. All right. Man, it's been fucking wonderful speaking to you, mate. I've had a great time and I'm going to keep listening to your podcast. I'm not just listening to it for this. Thank you. I'm going to get into you. I, I don't listen to any podcasts, but I will get into this one and I will, not the one I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sam. Well, well you know. um, Steve, thanks for having me, man. Thanks, Sam. Take it easy. All right. See you, Steve. Sam Simmons talking to me back in October last year. Uh, check him out online if you don't know who he is. I mean, you must do, right? You must have seen him. You know who he is. Check him out. He's got great clips online and loads of specials and fun things that will make you laugh. I'm absolutely 100% sure about it. Also, check out his podcast. It's called Nisha's Quiche and it's very funny. And he is not the last of the Antipodeans for now. Beep, beep. Now to today's outro track. It is a song called Waiting for the Fire. I wrote it in 2006 and recorded it in Tokyo, Japan. It's very much one of those kind of, you know, post 9-11 songs. But, you know, I think if you listen to the lyrics, they actually could be uh, easily applied to what's going on in the world right now. I think this was more of a kind of response to like Iraq war and Afghanistan and what was going on in America and evangelicals and all that sort of stuff. But I think it still applies in a way. I mean, it's, you know, let's not forget a lot of what's going on right now is due to religion. And uh, if you're religious, I'm sorry, mate, but uh, this podcast is not for you because I have no time for any of that. Anyway, this is the song. This is Waiting for the Fire. A bit dancier than it should be considering the subject matter, but there you go. safe haven that welcomes the unshaven i'll supersede your expectations they'll say bully for you it's got to be better than waiting for the fire you speak monosyllabic and we create the magic that we've been searching for but never thought that we'd see in you and now they're clapping and waiting for the fire There's nothing left that we can call our own There's nowhere left that we can call our home I sit in Starbucks laughing As all the rats are departing I'm instrumental and I'm sober I'm a threat to you I won't stay silent And wait here for the fire You're away in a major A clear and present danger The Russians are not coming Neither does the piano line Still we're all cowering Waiting for the fire I don't believe what you say I don't believe what you say sign of peace how many days until we get released
the sort of side two of sorts uh, beginning track to sort of reset the whole thing of uh, We Are Animals hence the uh, line there at the end so anyway that was Waiting for the Fire I hope you enjoyed that I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Sam Simmons come back next week for another great guest on Television Times Podcast see you then bye for now (laughs) 